This is Lachlan Rouston. This is Raf Freeman, and you're listening to the fittest podcast in Australia, The Mind Muscle Project. All right, welcome back to the show. Q&A today, actually, just before we jump into it, um, feedback from the listeners. Um, very, very positive, us returning back to some of the old formats of the show. Still some new stuff to come. So, um, uh, the, the, the content strategy and journey is obviously always evolving, but uh, thank you to those who gave us tremendous feedback. Obviously, it was reflected in the numbers as well. So, uh, yeah, we're going to bring back some of your old favorites and, and keep them over time. And I think we enjoy them a lot as well. So, uh, first question today, Connor in the house. Let's go. Jack Bush, thoughts on weight gainers for people who have had a hard time getting enough calories in throughout the day? I think the question here is like, thoughts on something that can get me more calories when I need more calories. I'm looking up. So, we once had these people send us, do you remember? I don't think they ever paid a sponsorship, but they just sent it to us, the, the bulking cookies. Oh, yeah. Oh, I was bro. just thinking and of I was like, cookies. I think I still I, yeah. think that's the best bulking food I potentially ever I do had. feel a bit ill thinking of it about <laughs> how many... I, like, you know when you, you got sick of alcohol because you drank too much of that alcohol? That's kind of how I feel about these cookies because I ate too many of these cookies. I remember I gave some to my mom. I was like, oh, I've been eating those like protein, like weight loss cookies you had. <laughs> Your mom said that. <laughs> She's like, oh, they're, you know, they're so yum, but they must be so healthy, right? I'm like, no, it's like the opposite. They're like, wait. <laughs> she was like, oh, well, that's like, um, you remember Mean Girls? That movie, Connor, for sure. You watch Mean Girls and they feed her the bars. They're like, oh, yeah, these are like these norwegian weight loss bars and they're like weight gain bars yeah. and she get, yeah that's that's exactly okay what so to i think they've rebranded a bit growth cookies um it's a thousand it's a bit misleading it's a thousand calories in two cookies so it's 540 calories per cookie i wouldn't need two i would typically just smash one when if we you had it. soaked it in oil but or that something. wasn't that wasn't easy and very enjoyable 500 calories so i think something like that i would recommend growth cookies yeah um I just think if, if if there's something out there that allows you to net more calories than or, or get you towards a calorie goal, I say go for it, especially in a calorie surplus where it's like you have so much room to have the micronutrients that you need from whole foods, from like vegetables and uh, fibrous carbohydrates, fruits, um, protein sources, whole protein sources, that, that extra stuff on top if you need that 15, 20% calorie surplus, I just reckon get it however you want. Fucking eat donuts, eat milk, whatever is going to get you to that goal. But people that try and eat more blueberries and like more spinach and, and more chicken breasts, it's just, it's miserable. And you don't want to, you don't want to make your relationship with food a miserable relationship. That's like a, that's a relationship you, you're going to have longer than any other relationship in your life, right? Is the one with you and food. So you have to keep it a healthy you know, working marriage. Otherwise, if it goes south, I mean, we see the, the consequences. By the way, you know, I think it's been happening for a couple of years, but now more people in the world die of obesity than starvation. Oofed. Well, it's a more fun way to go. <laughs> Are you sure about that? Yeah, dude. <laughs> Starving to death. <laughs> That's true. Sounds awful. That's true. That's true. That is crazy though. More people die of obesity than starvation. That is... If you think of the two ways those people go, I think that I, I don't know if that's bad news or good news. But I do suspect a lot less people are dying of starvation than they used to. Definitely more people, but I think that would be a, it's, one, it's one of the causes. Sweet news. Yeah. It's bittersweet news. <laughs> it's mad though. It is crazy. It's crazy. Like first time in human history, we're just eating ourselves to death. It's, it's fucking bananas. Anyway, second question. Cool. Uh, this one comes from Michelle Meanville. Uh, just listen to how to hit your macros podcast. What food delivery services are best for macros in the States? 
I Ooh. didn't read the in the states. I have no idea. No idea. In the US. states, no. Nah, no question. idea. Yeah, there's probably so many out there. Yeah. But if I was to give a guideline as Hello, to French. what are the best, generally with these companies, um, the they're either really really small, so it's like a really it's a small kitchen that maybe yes. the your local gym. Um, has, I think I think they get away without getting a commercial kitchen. That's yeah. the point. They're okay. like the that's like mum and pop still yep. running it, still making it fresh, but very limited. They might can only make maybe a hundred meals a week, so like ten to fifteen. It's a great customers. way to make money if you just have a gym. Is doing like fifty clients in your gym. Yeah, like your wife wants a side yep. hustle and she does that. Um, but the if you want a more commercial option, even though I think maybe the quality of the food can dip a little, I wouldn't say that's necessarily the case, but. What's good about them is they have tons of flexibility around like delivery options and like changing your order and like changing the menu often. And even though maybe the quality of food drops a little bit, I think it makes up for in like how consistent the deliveries are, like how you can edit your subscriptions. Some of them have apps, you know, so you can make it really easy to order more, order less. So someone also mentioned me after that show that was like, oh, you know, that food, what we talked about, like getting a chef in, they're like, that's way more affordable in the States. Because there's yeah. so many like lower paid workers or yeah, immigrants yeah. that really want work and it's like almost cheaper to get that than do meal delivery. Well, I knew that that, that kind of work was way more available in the US because the first time we touched down in 2016 at a CrossFit gym, I don't know if you remember, is that gym that we had open bay doors on both sides. It was basically it had two removable walls and it was, um, it was in 2016. Yeah, and we were yeah. training like pre-CrossFit games. Yes. Yeah, 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 of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah. I remember it. I remember in that there was like a Mexican guy with a spray bottle and he was just standing yeah. around the whole time and as soon as we finished training he would just clean the equipment yeah constant I'm like what are you doing yeah I, I did one of those air bike classes in LA it was like all these it was just like an air bike it's an air bike gym right it's just air bikes and between sessions it was like seven people coming to clean yeah wipe down every single but they're standing there all day yeah. before COVID you can't afford yeah it. yeah way before COVID between every class of the day a full suite of cleaners and this is like a, you know $20 for a session yeah, I mean, because they're paying them three dollars an hour. Yeah, you can't do that in Australia. You know, that person—that's ten people getting paid three dollars an hour. That's one cleaner. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, next question. Okay, uh, next one. Uh, this one comes from consistency, spelled with a K. Uh, what is the one thing you wish you knew as an inexperienced trainer coming up? No, inexperienced training. I mean, trainer or training. I would say trainer. They mean trainer. Okay, so um, as a PT, one thing that we wish you knew. Oh man, I mean, there's there's obviously a lot of you really can't replace experience. So I guess knowing that no matter how much knowledge you accumulate, it's not actually that useful until you have the experience and the hours on the floor to apply that knowledge. So to not stress too much because you're gonna learn so much literally just by doing the job. Um, where I think is some people get insecure about their lack of experience and they try and make it up with knowledge. Not that that's a bad thing, but just take comfort in the fact that by doing the job, you'll get a lot better at it, probably faster than any amount of knowledge could probably assist with. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. I think probably the only one for me, I'd say, is in the early days of having our gyms, we were much more relaxed when it came to injuries and stuff like that. And I think as you go on longer, you start to be more conservative. Can you see like some of the bigger injuries that people have for a long time? So I'd say coming up yet yeah, is having the perspective of like, you know, safety first is really important. Yeah. Because people get a bad back injury and it's like never goes away. You start to question some of the, you know, movements and programs you put in the gym. And, uh, you know, I'll add one more thing. I wish that 
I, I think the most longevity that you will get as a career in the fitness industry will come from working with older clients. I think if your demographic can start at like 40 and then, you know, bounce between 40 and 70, you're going to have so much more longevity. And you think about the amount of niches that are between 40 and 70, right? The amount uh, of longevity in your career that you'll have and I think the better quality of life that you'll have as a trainer will be like night and day between training 20 young 20 year olds which is like what everyone wants to go for because it's fun it's sexy and it's vanity and it's cool and it's the next f45 and it's hot chicks and it's hot guys and it shirts off but it's also broke at that end of the spectrum so it's also more longevity just in the fact that most clients want to get trained by someone younger than them and i think also you just people value it when they're older right the value of health and fitness of staying in shape is so much higher people take it for granted when they're young so like working with an older demographic, you can it getting someone to squat or touch their toes or like get out of back pain, it just means so much more to them when they're 45, 50. Like I was having a discussion today with one of our clients. It was our 30-day review call. And he was just saying to me, look, if you don't... He's like, yeah, obviously I want to look good and I want to like get some of the weight off. And he's like, but it's not because... I ca- I'm vain and I care about looking good. He goes, it's a nice to have, but he's like, when you get older, mate, it's like, all you care about is just like being able to keep up with your kids. It's like, mate, you got a little bit of belly fat. That's all right. But if I'm healthy, if I feel strong, like if I'm in, if I'm pain-free, because that's way more important to me. And I'm like, that's, that's really what is the most important thing about it. But you just have your youth on your side. You have the reserves as a young person that you just don't really value health and fitness. And that's just a hard demographic to work with people that like don't really value it that much. So I would start with an older demographic and I would stay in the older demographics. And the benefit of that as well is like probably one of the things that young trainers struggle with the most is they end up becoming really good friends with their clients and they do everything together. If you become friends with a 50-year-old client, that's great, but you're only going to really train together. Mm. It's not like you're then going to go, oh, let's go see a movie this weekend and then like, let's go to the club this weekend and let's go drinking this weekend. But if you got a client that's your age and you're in your 20s, you do all those things together and then the lines get blurry, then they want a discount, then you don't want to take the price mm. up on them, all those issues, right? But if you got that friendship with the 50-year-old client, you do very few things together. So it's like, it's a better relationship. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Okay, cool. Uh, next question. This comes from Gaza underscore Nebs. Gaz. Gaz. Tips to get my gym ready to franchise. Now, Lockie, I know you wanted to answer this one. Yeah. So, um, I did some digging to try and find out exactly uh, what this gym was. I'm pretty sure unless there's like two, I don't know what his last name is. I, w- I won't say it, but it's quite a strange name. Unless there's actually two of you in the world, I'm pretty sure it's, it's based in New Zealand. There's not much I could find out about the gym. The gym's website wasn't working. So I'd say if you want a franchise, probably get your website <laughs> working. That'd be the first thing. Um, all I could see from it is it looked like a big empty floor with like uh, a, a bunch of different stations, but there wasn't like gym equipment. It was like cones and like med balls. Uh, when I say gym equipment, it wasn't like hamstring curl machines and, yep. and benches and dumbbells and plates and all that sort of stuff. So I'm not really sure what the gym model is. So I don't actually have the ammunition to comment specifically on your model. But more generally, when you go to franchise, I think it just comes down to like just basic good business numbers, right? If if replicating one location, if like one location is absolutely killing it, it's worth replicating. But if it's only going okay then it's probably not worth replicating. Mm. I think the only business models you should franchise are like exceptional business models. Because, I mean, if you're going to franchise, 
the only the only way it's really worth it if you're doing triple figures right you want to be hitting at least 100 right of your franchises if you're a gym because like it's not i don't know what's a what's a mcdonald's make one mcdonald's would make somewhere between two, two to maybe 10 million dollars a year yeah yeah, yeah. So I, I can do more than a million dollars profit in a year yeah so like that single location huge variance it's worth well but it's like even the worst mcdonald's it's worth multiplying out mcdonald's because they make such great money from a single location if the best your gym can do is 300 grand a year and 100 grand profit don't franchise that that's not really like that's not good numbers you can't like support jobs off that you can't create families off that you're just going to take real estate from better businesses um and it's probably going to only benefit the founder if you have 100 locations that make 300k and do 100k at the bottom because like no one can really live off that anymore no one can really support jobs off that sort of revenue um so I think your minimums, like your worst case scenario of this location, obviously it needs to be scalable, it needs to be easy to scale, but your worst numbers, like your minimum numbers need to look really, really good yeah. for it to be worth it. Yeah, the, I mean, just the, that's the foundations, right? The unit economics of it, like the how much money you make on every member, how much money you make on every square meter need to be like fucking fantastic. Mm. What's, yeah, what's the point, right? Franchise something exactly. else yeah. that's better. And then I think for sure here, like I think when you go from a gym to a franchise, I don't know because I haven't done it, but I do believe that uh, it's a totally different business, right? Because you're no longer selling gym memberships, you're selling territories and licenses. So like I, I would get an expert in franchising on the team. And I don't think they need to know anything about fitness. But I even know like the F45 guys, they came from franchising before they came to F45. They didn't come from fitness, but they came like, we know how to franchise here. So I think if you were going to franchise, because there's all the legality, I know it's simpler in Australia, New Zealand than America, but uh, I would still try and get an expert in franchising because you're like starting a totally brand new business, right? And like you said, you need a lot because for this type of gym, you know, the gym's probably only paying you as a franchisor like maybe 50 grand a year, maybe 20, 30 grand in fees and then whatever else. So, you know, if you only have 10, you're only doing half a million dollars in revenue a year, right? So it's like mm. a really small business. You need, you need way more than that. Yeah. So if it's a, yeah, if, if you're franchising, you need to have a plan to do a lot, probably more than you could maybe even fit in New Zealand. Yeah. So oh, yeah. you're like, you, you're just by starting this type of business, you're like inherently going big yeah. with the business, you know, relative to a gym for sure. So yeah, I'd be, I'd be getting a, a franchising expert and I'd be ready for a pretty roller coaster business because you're going for like a, a massive goal there. Yeah. You can't do a small franchise. Not like this. No, no. not in the gym space. You're doing minimum 100 locations. I think they normally say, I'm talking to Sean Gilly about, I think it was like 25 is like your minimum to get started. 25. 25 locations, just to get going. Right. Like you need to, and if it's really hard to get to that number, yeah, okay. but once you can like crack 25, apparently you can start to get a lot of momentum. Yeah. And you'll see a lot of franchises like struggle, 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 hit 25 and then it's like 100, you know, quickly, yeah. w- within a year because they can just start, they've got the proof of concepts. Like, yeah, dude, like you don't think it's going to work for you? Look at these other 20 rich gym owners. They're like, okay, I'll sign up. Yeah. And then they can start selling. Because, you know, you can sell 100 in a few months. It takes yeah. longer for them to open the gyms and stuff. But you can sell, you can make your sales very quickly. Very quickly, yeah. So, yeah, man, best of luck. Yeah, good luck. Uh, cool. We'll keep on the business theme. Uh, this one's from uh, Ryan J. Coon. Well, what has been the most impactful marketing effort for Locker Room this year? Well, you should know, Connor. <laughs> well, Connor's our head of marketing, so he would he'd What probably- is it? most impactful well it's been most recently on linkedin outreach i'd say nice i don't think that's been the most impactful this year though no the most impactful. how would you say no well it's generated the most sales not for the whole year no i reckon the problem with marketing like if it's that's 
the, the problem, the inherent problem here is the, the question. What is the one thing? There isn't one thing. There's like a, an accumulation of so many efforts consistently done over a long period of time. And then you go and drop an article in the Australian Financial Review and you get 30 inquiries and you sign up nearly all of them. But it was only because, oh, I've, you know, walked past it or you sent me a box or, you know, I've seen the content on LinkedIn or, you know, I've been following this for a while or I've seen your ads and it's like, it's the, what do they say? It's like 25 touch points, touch points before they're, they're yeah. willing to buy it. Like it's the numbers yeah, it's getting said, but it always changes. <laughs> it's going to be 105 in the yeah. next book, yeah. <laughs> whatever Seth Godin says. Um, but that, that number is increasing and increasing and increasing. And so the amount of content you have to put out is becoming um, higher and higher. So it's almost like the, the right answer or the right question to ask is like, how many pieces of content across how many platforms and how often do I need to put out in order to reach a minimum threshold to my target audience mm. so that I can make an impactful amount of lead flow? Yeah, I'd say it's like the multiple accumulation of touch points across different contexts, like physically in person, walking past, digitally on their phone, maybe in an email, yeah. uh, their mates talking about a networking event, especially with a high ticket model like ours. But yeah, I think what you said is great. I think yeah. it's probably make it simpler for you. I reckon we probably made the most sales from referrals this year over the whole year. Maybe tracked it differently only, but I think if you added up everything, I'd be marginal, even, but yeah, close. I think probably referral, even over PR. If you just said like call the, we had some really good PR in the year, call it that. I'd say over the whole year, I still suspect it's been referrals, mm. which for most gyms, you'd hope it's probably that, right? That's the goal. Yeah, yeah, well, refer if you're getting more referrals, it means the product and the service you're delivering is unique and it's extremely good. So, you're getting very satisfied customers. So, it is the best way to generate clients. And and when businesses, when business owners say to me, oh, we don't really market like most people just get referred to us, that is, a, that is the telling sign to me. This person delivers on their promises and does a fantastic job at whatever service or, or product that they deliver in because... Um, the best businesses grow exponentially through referrals. That That is the only way to generate sustainable growth over the long term and scale up is if people are referring mm. because there's only so much marketing dollars and ads you can spend before like you just can't make any profit because you're just spending so much money on marketing dollars because yeah, referrals are free. Referrals are zero dollars. So it's like... Well, we, we gave away a Rolex. I wouldn't call it free. <laughs> but... Before that, we had a lot of referrals. Yeah. Even with yeah, you're always gonna have an incentive attached. So it's not free, but it is a lot cheaper. It is a lot cheaper. I actually think because we also give out gifts, we, we do do a bit for referrals, and I can you know it's money well spent. I think a lot of gyms could put some money behind it. You referrals, know? yeah, yeah. Oh, they yeah, like, put sure. money behind all these other things, and they're like, no, I'm not putting a dollar behind referrals. Like, why not? It's the best. Though. It's yeah, it's great. Yeah, add it all up, it's still cheaper than running ads. But you also have a problem if you don't have referrals. Yeah, so it's swing, it swing, it cuts both ways. Like. You're getting a lot of referrals. You're running a great business. Keep doing yeah. what you're doing. Keep improving your service and your product. If you're not getting any referrals, it's because your product's shit. It's because the pain point of your client comes up when they're around their circle, but they think, ah, oh, no, I don't think you'd like it because like oh, it's not that good. I'm not enjoying it that much anyway, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bring you to it. Like some of our clients, where where some of their clients also like accounting, CFO services, that sort of stuff. Anytime someone comes up with a problem, they're like, oh, I hate my accountant or like, oh, my CFO just left or this or that. I just go, oh, talk to this person because mm. they're just so good at what they do and we're, we're like enjoying it so much, such a good service, well-priced, great value. As soon as I hear that problem, I'm like, speak to this person. That's how you know. That's how you know doing a good business. 
Cool. How are we going? Done? That's it. All right, nice. Guys, thanks so much for your questions. Um, we got quite a few this week, which is great. Send them to the Instagram. That's the best place to get them. So My Muscle Project on Instagram and then we put the stories up, drop them in there or just shoot us a DM and then we'll answer them for you. Um, as always, thank you so much for tuning in. We'll speak to you all next week.